It's the weekend, so relax and listen to some stories the whole family can enjoy. That's right, it's the Saturday Story Circle, here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. Chapter 16 Mike Larson stomped through the corridors of the Don Jail as fast as his feet could carry his ample form. Larson was a thick-necked, red-faced prison guard and made no apologies for it or for much else. The Don was nobody's idea of a palace, but Larson was king of this particular castle. Not in the warden's office, maybe, not before a review board, but among the hundreds of toughs, sharpsters, gangsters, and would-be master criminals that called the Don home. Mike Larson and his guards were the law. But not today. Today there was a strange energy throughout the entire building. You could feel it in the yard, where most of the jail's population whiled away another day of captivity. You could feel it in the dining hall, in the lockdown cages. It was a strange, quiet energy. A dreadful note of preparation, full of hostility, yet based in fear. An aggressive sort of hush that a pack of jackals might settle into when they sensed the presence of a tiger. Mike Larson could feel it too, and it made his job more difficult. He had no idea if the inmates had somehow sensed the Don's most important guests, or if the prison grapevine had outdone itself again, but the silent dread that hung over the five hundred men housed within the walls of the jail made this anything but a typical day, which made it that much more difficult to pretend that it was. Larson's boots rang out in heavy, clumsy peals as he closed in on the isolation wing. Here, prisoners were kept away from the general throng, sometimes for their own safety, sometimes for that of the assorted cutthroats and murderers that might try their luck against the worst of the worst. And it was here, on this day of all days, that his most important guests were holding court. Larson fumbled with the keys on his belt. The coiled terror of the prisoners throughout the building, the eerie pretense of calm they exuded, it was all more than a little unsettling, even for Larson, who had spent more days inside than most of his charges and feared not one of them. He slid the steel door of the isolation wing open and slipped inside. The corridor beyond was silent as the grave and nearly as dark. Only two light bulbs burned down the length of the hallway. The rest still hung in place, but had clearly been twisted from above to bathe the corridor in shadows. Larson cursed a little to himself. He wished his guests would remember that not everyone could climb walls. Larson turned to lock the door behind him. When he turned back, he nearly jumped out of his skin, finding himself face to face with a head that seemed to float in midair. A wide, upside-down, Cheshire cat grin spread across the floating face as it pushed forward slightly into the light. Of course it was the flying squirrel, keeping silent vigil hanging from the ceiling. The fact that Mike Larson had been expecting her made it no less disconcerting. "'You're not supposed to be in here, Mike,' she purred. "'Don't start with me, squirrel,' Larson puffed, his cheeks growing more crimson by the second. "'I'm starting nothing, Peaches,' the girl said as she dropped from the ceiling and spun in midair to land silently on the balls of her feet, cat-like. That was the friendly warning part of our program. The boss don't like to be disturbed. She drew herself up to her full height, nearly a foot shorter than the burly guard. Larson had the good sense to be intimidated anyway. 
What's he doing in there? Larson puffed. It's been over an hour. Questioning the suspects, Mike, just like we promised. Still? These guys have been grilled by every mug with a shield in the city limits. They've had the suits come down from Ottawa. The Crown Prosecutor practically lives here. Yeah, yeah, they're the most popular girls in school. I get it. Mike Larson looked anxiously towards the cells at the end of the hall. He licked his lips, just once, without meaning to. The flying squirrel cocked her head just a little, and gave him a smile that made him think twice about trying to get past her. He's gotta finish, Larson sputtered. You two gotta go. Warden's orders. Why would the warden give us the boot? Her eyes narrowed. Because he's got O'Malley and a room full of his boys in his office and he's running out of stalls. The chief has some new theory. The squirrel snorted. Theory? From O'Malley, that's a fancy word for random guesswork. The red panda's using hypnosis, Mike. If there's anything to learn, he'll be the one that learns it. That's why the warden's been standing on his head to keep the guards from the Empire Bank job from being transferred till you two bothered to show up, Larson fumed. He's run through every piece of red tape that's in the book, and a few that aren't, all to hang on to them. He did it because he knows you've got the best shot to bring this one home, and he knows that outside of this place, you two don't have any friends in official places. The squirrel pursed her lips and said nothing. She knew it was true. She and the boss were outlaws. They had their small army of agents and informants, but few men involved in the system seemed to be able to see that they were trying to help. If Chief O'Malley ever got wise that Warden Pembroke and his men cooperated with him from time to time, Pembroke could easily find himself inside one of his own cages. She held Larson's gaze for a moment, then turned her own eyes down the end of the hall. For a moment they both stood in silence. Is he on the 8th? Larson said at last. What? she hissed, slightly annoyed. The 8th! The 8th guard! There was a small pause. Not exactly, she said at last. The seventh? Larson asked hopefully. She turned to him with a wry expression and smacked her lips a little, just once. He's still with the first one, isn't he, Larson deadpanned. Yup, she smiled ruefully. It never takes this long, Larson said in frustration. Haven't you been curious? Curious, the flying squirrel sputtered. I've been going bananas, but he told me to keep watch, so I'm keeping watch. Look, kid, Larson said, opening the door behind him. This is just a courtesy call. The chief is coming in, so you gotta get out. The warden'll stall him as long as he can, but for all I know, he's on his way right now. The steel door clanged behind Larson, and he was gone. Kit turned back to the hallway. She sighed. At least it was an excuse to see what the heck was going on. She padded down the darkened hallway to the cell at the very end. The small window in the door was just slightly too high for her to peer through comfortably, but he had left the door ajar. She opened the cell door as quietly as she could. The scene she found was not at all what she expected. The young man who had so recently been a guard at the Empire Bank was lying peacefully on his bunk, apparently asleep. The Red Panda was sitting on the edge of the cot, seemingly exhausted, his head in his hand. He looked up when he saw Kit's gasp. His face was ashen, and there was sweat upon his brow. The flying squirrel struggled to retain her composure. Closing time, boss, she said. How are we doing in here? Well, he's no longer catatonic, the red panda smiled weakly. So we're fine. How are you? Have you ever wanted to find a place where kids can go to listen to funny stuff? Well, you have just found it. This podcast will have jokes, kids' stories, educational stuff that kids can learn from. 
So tune in and enjoy the show.